Good afternoon, Packers fans. Aaron Nagler here with your Packers Daily Chat. Coming to you live on the Cheesehead TV social channels. It's Tuesday, but really it's Thursday in the world of the Green Bay Packers because they got a game in two days. It's all very confusing, but some very promising news coming out of the locker room this afternoon. Just put up a video a little bit ago about it. If you haven't checked it out, be sure you do so. But apparently, sure sounds like Aaron Jones and most big newsy Christian Watson will make his debut on Thursday night, along with Aaron Jones being back out on the field. Now, that's what they're saying in the locker room. We'll see what Matt LaFleur has to say later this afternoon. He is set to speak uh, right before 6 o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Central, uh, right when the Cheesehead TV happy hour is starting, actually. So we'll see how Matt tries to walk it back if he does. Uh, but very, very, very positive developments. Uh, clearly, the Packers will be a very different team if and when Aaron Jones and Christian Watson are back out on the field. The fact that we haven't even seen Jordan Love operate the offense with Christian Watson out there is pretty exciting. Uh, now, I will say the one area where I would temper excitement slash expectations, you know, what have you heading into this game is I have little doubt that Watson and Jones will have a significant impact, but they can only do so if the Packers are able to hold up up front. And there has been no word on Zach Tom or David Bakhtiari. And we have little idea about what the makeup of the line is going to look like if those gentlemen are unable to go. We know Elton Jenkins is going to miss the game. So it's going to be uh it's going to be an adventure up front. I mean, the Packers had real issues with that pass rush last year. And the fact that they'll most likely, I think, a good chance be without David Bakhtiari yet again. We know, like I said, though, he won't have Elton Jenkins. Who knows what's going on at right tackle? A lot of question marks, a lot up in the air. And you have to think a whole lot of game planning going to have to be going into getting the ball out of Jordan Love's hands as quickly as possible in the passing game because, man, Hutchinson and company, they're coming. They're loaded for bear and they're ready to hunt some quarterback. So that's the uh, one tempering of the excitement. But there is little doubt in my mind that if they do have Jones and Watson out there on Thursday night, they will be a much more efficient, if not more explosive offense. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is pretty damn exciting. Hello to everybody in the comment section. So good to see you all. Everyone mixing it up. We got a bunch of super chats already. What's up, Abdul? Thanks for the super chat. Hey, Aaron. Still riding high off my first Lambo game and the W. Grabbed a couple of cases and carried the G back to Texas. What's the reason we keep snapping with two seconds left? Guess it wasn't 12. Finally, you should mention that. I literally was just talking about this on the radio with Billy this afternoon on Carry the G Radio. Man, yeah, like I thought I was sure that, you know, Aaron Rodgers would leave town and we would all live in a magical world where the huddle got broken with 20 seconds left on the play clock. Jordan Love would walk up to the line of scrimmage with like 12 to 10 seconds remaining and have plenty of time to get the snap off. That's just not happening. It's very clear that this is somewhat of a product of how Matt is running his system, undoubtedly giving you know words of advice and or things to check on, what have you, right up until the 15-second mark when the radio communication in the helmet switches off. Uh, on every play clock. And then Jordan has to get to the line of scrimmage, see what he sees as far as the defense goes. I did find it interesting, though. Everyone's talked about the tempo, right? The idea that in the fourth quarter, when they were going into a lot of two-minute stuff, you know, 
they were obviously attacking downfield and they, they made a bunch of plays, etc. They weren't doing exactly that. They weren't taking the play clock down. They were in hurry up mode and they were basically running the two minute drill and getting tempo to the point where they were snapping the ball with plenty of time left on the play clock. So who knows? Maybe Matt looks at that and says, oh, let's come out of the gate like that. And I'm not saying you can run two minute the whole game. Of course you can't. But maybe using it, interspersing it throughout the game at you know times when maybe Detroit's not expecting it might be able to pay some dividends. Abdul again. Thanks, buddy. Is our run game is what it is our run game what it is at this point? We've played against light boxes with all the cover two, but barely get three yards. Will Jones make a difference? Yeah, Wayne Larravee pointed that out this afternoon. It's not like he was getting much traction in the ground game, apart from a handway, one or two carries against the Bears. Um, it probably is what it is, and it's down to what I talked about after week one. You know, they they have not spent an inordinate amount of time in the run game when it comes to their practice schedules, uh, at least this summer, right? We have no idea what they're working on now in the regular season, but you're still you're not allowed to hit, right? You're not. There's barely any contact. Uh, and they're going to need to continue to work on it, and the lab is going to be in the games themselves. There's just no place for hitting and really working on the physical aspects of the, the run game unless you're in a live environment, which is in the games. Um, and, of course, it doesn't help that you're already juggling the offensive line, different guys in there pretty much every week, and then guys getting hurt during the game, and you got to put other guys in there. It's it's tough, yeah. Uh, it is what it is. That might cover it, but they've got to improve. Look, you don't settle for it. You're still going to work. You're still going to drill it. You're still going to absolutely 1,000% find ways to improve your running game. You have to. You absolutely have to. I understand. No one's expecting them to turn into the San Francisco 49ers overnight, right? But, you know, even Mike Holmgren back in the day in the 90s, sometimes there were certainly years where they didn't have a lights-out running game, but they still were able to use it to effect and use it situationally to get defenses at least honoring it to the point where they could play off of it. I think that's where – that was probably the, that's probably the hope at this point, the 2023 Packers. You needed at least to be – you know, somewhat of a, maybe not even a consistent threat, but something that, you know, you can, you can get four or five yards of carry at times and start to make defenses, maybe not even worry about it, but at least react to it. Right. I think that's the goal at this point. Tommy Brown, really appreciate the sport. Thanks for becoming a care of the G club member. Greatly appreciate it, man. Al, thanks to super chat, man. Just back from my fourth annual game, Collective Soul Stone Temple Pilots Saturday night. Lot one is back and amazing and a win, but no carry the G at Lambeau. Yes, Al, we uh, tried to get it in prior to the kickoff of the first home game, but clearly not there yet. We are still working on it. Hopefully it will be in Lambeau Field at some point this season. That is the hope. Um, I'm, I'm really flattered that you looked for it, but I'm also just elated that you uh, got to go to the game. Got to be at lot one. I'm jealous as hell. Lucas Martin, thank you for the support. Thanks so much for becoming a Care of the G Club member. Appreciate you, man. Luke Carnes, thanks for Super Chat. Even though I feel old, damn, I love this young team. Yeah, Luke, it's that moment, right, where all of a sudden you start looking at guys and they're like, oh, they went to college when? I'm sorry, their date of birth is what? Yeah. Yeah, I, I encourage everyone not to do those. Like, don't look at that stuff because it will make you feel old. When all those dudes running around in Packers jerseys are like, 
getting close to your daughter's age, your oldest daughter's age, it's like, oh, baby, Lord, help me. What am I doing? <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Um, Tommy, thanks for the super chat, man. LaFleur talked about the Lions knocking them out last year. Do you get the sense he is pushing that to the rest of the players and coaches? Hashtag it's personal. I don't know. That's a good question. I'm not sure he's pushing it to them in the sense that, oh, these guys kept us out of the playoffs last year. There's been such a big roster turnover. I don't think that's the message that would resonate with this locker room. However, I do think, I definitely get the sense that it's personal for LaFleur. He is sick of Dan Campbell's crew pushing his team around. I do get that sense. And I think that is something you can probably play to with the locker room. And the other thing I think that he maybe is trying to like plant the seeds of is just like, you know, a little bit more physicality from his team, a little bit more the, what he calls like flying to the ball on defense, all 11 has to the ball, really spring loading yourself and getting after it in a way that we've seen the Lions are able to do. And I think he just wants his team to answer that, especially in this game at home division against a team that a lot of folks outside the building had picked to win the division. You win this game, go up early, have a pretty decent kind of lead in the division heading into your mini buy pretty damn important game brother love what's up man thanks for super chat what does the o-line need to do to help the run it's boring and no one's going to want to hear it it's two things a get healthy that's a number one obviously underline italicized but you know that's that's very easily said and look we're all kind of at the behest of mother nature when it comes to that but two lean into your technique that's the thing they can practice. You talk about not being able to hit, not being able to exert the physicality necessary in the running game. That's true. But every team has that same restriction. You know, every team is working under those same rules, practice-wise. But what you can practice and what you can lean into is your technique, whether that's your hands and making sure you don't get that holding call that Runyon got early in this game, this past game, uh, whether that's work into the second level off that initial double team and sealing off that inside backer. Even that maybe helps you get, you know, between from a two yard gain to hopefully a five or six yard game, which is a huge difference as far as what's available to the play caller on second down or third down, what's available as far as staying ahead of the sticks, as opposed to trying to make up ground every time. I mean, at this point, if you're Matt LaFleur, how are you not thinking, okay, if I, I got to run the ball, I got to try to run the ball. But you got to think in the back of his head, there's a little bit of, well, if I run it, it's going to be second and long again. You know, we're going to get two, three yards, and we're going to be back behind this, the eight ball again. You know, so, yeah, I mean, the one thing you can control is your technique. And that's where the guys have to lean. They have to lean into it. You know, and I, look, I'm not telling them anything they don't know. But, you know, sitting here on the outside and you're wondering, like, oh, gosh, what can they do? That's what they can do. Uh, what else we got? Mimsy, what's up, man? When will the beer site have a Northwest Wisconsin section? Prost. Uh, very, very soon. We're supposedly coming online tomorrow, Wednesday, uh, with some new locations in North in Northwest Wisconsin. Sorry. Uh, so TBD, we promise it's coming. I know Corey had a call with one of the distributors today, um, and then we have another meeting later this week. So. A um, lot going on behind the scenes. I can promise you we are pushing for it. And as soon as it's there, trust me, we will trumpet it out. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No doubt about it. And Mimsy, thank you for the interest. Appreciate you, man. Jeff, thanks for the super chat. Taking my fiance to her first Lambo Lot 1 experience on Thursday. Ooh, baby. Can't wait to see Jordan Love in person for the first time. I think last Sunday was a breakout moment for him. Yeah, it's interesting because he had such a rough go of it early, you know, for the first three quarters, really. I mean, he had some nice throws, some decent plays, what have you, but definitely struggled. And it's not just him. It was everybody on offense, no doubt about that. But yeah, it was definitely a moment and something he can build off of. And more than anything, it's just that distilling very early in his career that it's never over, that he's always going to be able to try to at least, maybe not will you back, right? But make the plays necessary to get you back in the game, if not win it. It's big. It's huge. Not just for him, but for the entire locker room. I mean, it's a, yeah, it's a big moment. No doubt about it. Uh, Abdul, thanks again, bud. Do you think deep passing will improve? Yeah. Yeah, over time. You got to remember, these teams are playing so much too high. It's like getting those deep shots in is tough these days. I mean, it's down around the league. And that makes it all the more frustrating when you miss a deep one. But, I mean, deep passing, how about that pass up the left sideline to Dobbs? Uh, That's a pretty nice play. You know, the more of those will come. But yeah, the, the more they rep it, the more they practice it, the more they're able to do it. Uh, they'll get there. No doubt. Nick, thanks for Super Chat. Big what if question from the alternate timeline. Oh, here we go. From Taylor's missed fourth down forward. Do the Packers rally with the same result with 12 under center? Ooh, Nick trying to stir the pot. Stir it, Nick. Stir it. I like it. Um, Do they? I think there's a good chance they do. I think there's a decent chance they do. You know, I mean, who knows what the relationship is with these receivers in 12. But, uh, I mean, they got the tools. They got the talent. But, yeah, it is a big what if, especially with some of the frustrations we saw last year and some of the inefficiency we saw in offense in 2022. Yeah, I get the what if, but uh, I got to think yes. I got to. I also, I also think there's plays probably that led up to them being 17 down in the whole 17 nothing that probably would have been made by 12. I mean, we're all praising Jordan here and we love what we saw in the fourth quarter, but it's not like he was lights out for three quarters in a way that Aaron probably would have gotten them into some better situations and or made some of those plays. The deep ball down the seam to Musgrave leaps to mind. And I know, I know Aaron was not a big guy to throw down the middle of the field. I get it. But if that opportunity is there, I think there's a good chance 12 hits that. So, you know, I, I'm not sitting here saying like, oh, yeah, there's no way with Aaron Rodgers they make that comeback. I think there's a good chance they do, and there's a good chance they're probably not in that position with Aaron Rodgers under center. That's just guesswork on my part. And like you said, it's a what if. <laughs> Jonathan, thanks for the super chat. To my man, Tucker Craft, the time is now. Funny you say that because I don't know if the time is now as far as a pa- being a pass catcher, but the time might be now to help in line blocking with whoever's playing tackle, especially against Hutchinson. 
that's where I think his his time on the field will occur. Uh, But we'll see. Maybe he gets involved in the passing game. I'd love to see Musgrave get a few more opportunities. Although someone on the radio brought this up today, and I forgot to kind of expand on it. But I'll say here, it's really interesting to look at how many of those drives were not only kept alive by Musgrave, but also the fact that he was the target on the fourth and two. Uh, The play was drawn up for him on fourth and two. That ended up, you know, in the incomplete pass to Taylor outside because Jordan saw the matchup and saw that they were playing off, and he went there. But that play was legit designed to go to Musgrave. Matt said that on Monday. So it's pretty clear, and that's on top of, like I said, a couple other plays that were, or a couple other drives that were extended on third down by Musgrave. Like, I talked about it this summer. They clearly have a package for him where he is the primary read and or the intended receiver. And they're not afraid to go to it, especially in really tough, gotta-have-it moments. So I think we'll continue to see some of that, but I got to think we start seeing him, you know, utilized a little more expansively across the offense. That's my hope anyway. I mean, he's he's too dynamic not to to not do that, so to speak. Uh, Caleb, appreciate the cheese, man. Really appreciate the cheese. (laughs) Abdul, thanks for the super chat. Is our run D closer to the one we saw against New Orleans, Chicago or versus Atlanta? Oh, I definitely think the first two rather than the last. Uh, look, Atlanta's a really good physical power running football team, and they did a nice job of staying ahead of the sticks and keeping Joe and company off balance. Um, I thought they did a much better job against New Orleans, especially along the interior. I talked about that, I believe, on Monday and in my postgame chat. But, yeah, between the three, yeah, the first, those New Orleans-Chicago, I think is much more indicative. Now, look don't get it twisted they've still got to improve and lord knows you know atlanta ran all over the packers and then went up to detroit and couldn't run the ball a lick you know detroit's pretty damn good up front so there's still work to do no doubt about that dylan thanks for super chat man not sure about the now we'll see matt's offense thing but this sure seems like matt's team on a much deeper level yeah i would agree with that assessment dylan and it goes back to this summer man it was very apparent like talk about ownership he's taken ownership complete and total and to the point where i remember i spoke with one vet who was like all the vets are gone and there's barely anyone here to even even think about pushing back against anything like matt says like we're gonna do this xyz it's not like he has some grizzled council of veterans that's coming together in his office and say well matt we've really talked about this and we think that this is a mistake and blah 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 now it's Matt wants to do this. They're doing this. And it's a little thing, but it's noticeable. It's very noticeable. And I think it's also extended to his press availability. Someone was talking about how, what, terse or whatever he was, you know, last week or whatever. And I just think he's taken a bit firmer control. And we all know it's Aaron Rodgers is out of the building. The face of the franchise, four-time MVP, humongous superstar who took up all the oxygen. And I'm, yeah, that's for good and bad. But now, yeah, Matt gets to own it. And I do think we've seen some of that with McCarthy down in Dallas as well. You know, I mean, Aaron is so huge. He's such a monster star. You know, you get as the coach, obviously the slings and arrows come your way much more than they do the superstar quarterback. You know, Mike's down in Dallas now just being able to coach. You know, it's just a different kind of thing. Although, even in Dallas, he's got Jerry with a radio program, so... He's got someone else to take up all the oxygen. Uh, John says, 
I feel a Musgrave breakout game this Thursday. Right there with you, John. I love it. We got we got Joe. Love is third in the NFL in TD passes and 33rd in completion percentage. Is that sustainable? Some say it doesn't matter. I do think it affects down and distance. Well, yeah, it affects down and distance, but there's a lot of context there. And the, the, the whole completion percentage thing is funny to me. Like, yeah, should it improve? Could it improve? Yeah, no doubt. Will it? Probably. I do think Matt will continue to find ways to hopefully help Jordan get in a rhythm earlier in games. You've seen him miss a lot of throws early in these all three games. Um, so I think that should improve somewhat. I know there's been a healthy debate uh, on Twitter this throughout today regarding drops, who's counting the drops, who gets to decide what is a drop, contesting catches, is that a drop, blah, 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 blah. Um, I will say, but yeah, his, Jordan's receivers have made a ton of plays for him, but it would be nice they held on to a few more balls. It's all intertwined, you know, and, you know, sustainable um, is winning sustainable. That's all I care about. You know, it, yes, it affects down and distance. No question about it. But when you've got a guy who's clearly got the ability to erase down and distance, um, don't forget the other thing you didn't mention here is Jordan is first in the league in depth of target. I mean, he's ready to go downtown at any moment. So, yeah, it it's something that they'll continue to work on, but it's not something that I'm, you know, sitting here going, oh, God, oh, it's going to be week eight, and he hasn't improved his completion percentage, and yet they're sitting there at, like, six and two. Like, who cares, man? I don't care. That's just me. Uh, Mike, thanks for Super Chat, man. Refreshing to see Matt LaFleur team, a Matt LaFleur team fight back after getting punched in the mouth early. It was a little different, right? A little nice, a little, uh, I'm not going to say unusual, but yeah, it hasn't been the norm. It has not been the norm under LeFleur, and that was a team that certainly never folded and certainly never got, like, we've talked about, Billy and I have talked about on the radio, that kind of snowball effect, that feeling where, oh, God, one thing goes wrong, and another thing goes wrong, and then, oh, my gosh, we're now we're behind, and oh, gosh, and got to try and get it all back right away, and everything just kind of falls apart. That certainly did not happen on Sunday. Jacab24. Thanks for the super chat. What can we expect once Watson, Reed, Jones are all in the field together? It seems like there could be some creative play calling with those three. Yeah, I think you'll see a lot more motion. Uh, we've seen a bunch already, but I think we'll see a lot more trying to get mismatches and or guys into spots where they get one-on-one -on -one coverage and or matchups. Um, but look, I, Watson's the real chess piece here. I mean, Aaron Jones makes the offense go. There's zero doubt about that, and that will help. But man, Watson is such a blue chip player, and he's such a lethal weapon from anywhere in the formation, across the field, inside, outside, hell, even in the backfield. He's going to be utilized all over the place, and it should open up stuff for everyone else, too. That's the hope. <laughs> David, thanks for the super chat. Please pay Gary. Go, Pat, go. Man, the cost is only going up. Every time he's on the field, the cost is going up. And he's not even playing a full complement of snaps yet. What? Pay the man. Craig, thanks for Super Chat. Damn it, Nags. I had to click off the radio show to come here and watch even more of you. Great content all around. Definitely stepping up your game now that Cheesehead TV is standalone. So good. Keep it up, brother. Thank you, Craig. I really appreciate that. And I will ask, you were watching it on YouTube? Because I got a notice that it was blocked. And I know 
it's been blocked in certain countries um, because of the the radio you the music usage, right? Like those are obviously copyrighted materials, and I've understood that, and we haven't monetized the video ever. But this is the first week where it just said block. No one can see your video. But Craig, you're telling me you watched it, so interesting. And yes, if you can watch it, you should because it was a lot of fun today, including Wayne Larravee absolutely decimating yours truly. I've never been never been roasted like Wayne roasted me today. And I work with Corey Banky, who roasts me every day of my life. And he's never even come close to destroying me the way Wayne Larravee did. Unbelievable. Lucas, what's up, man? Thanks for the super chat. On that two-point conversion, Love looked like he knew he was going to Torre, but just needed an extra second the way he popped up and threw a dart. So excited. I mean, yeah, I, I know Love spoke today in the locker room. I haven't had the chance to look at his availability yet if it's up on the Packers YouTube page. Uh, but I'd love it if someone did ask him, like, because I don't think he was asked post game. The fact it sure looked like, yes, he he he's in the pocket, right? And he definitely sees Torre for a second, but then make has to step up and avoid pressure. And then he's going to his right and he's looking to his like forward slash to his right. But he knows, in my mind, he knows the whole time that Torre is going to be there. And then when he is presented with a defender, he turns and makes that throw, knowing that Torrey is going to be there. It's a high-level play, man, and it's an impressive freaking throw. There is zero doubt. Zero doubt there. Craig, thanks for the Super Chat, man. It will never not be funny to me that we have a better idea of how good Jordan Love is after four starts than Bears fans do Justin Fields after two-plus years. Yeah, it's it's kind of hilarious, isn't it? It's like one team knows what the fuck it's doing when it comes to the quarterback position, and the other team is a clown car. It's just, it's adorable. Ryan, thanks for the super chat, man. Any CTG update, Janesville area? Ryan talked about it a little bit earlier in the in the, in the uh, old stream here. Hopefully this week. Tomorrow's a big day. We'll announce it as soon as it's out west penetrating the great nether regions of wisconsin into the unholy mordor land of minnesota possibly it's coming i promise it's coming chris thanks for the super chat man i get the comparisons to four and 12 but four didn't really hone in the accuracy until year three or four i think accuracy comes sooner with 10 probably thanks to 12 yeah i don't know if it's thanks to 12 i think it's much more thanks to tom clemens but i hear what you're saying um it's you know, we're three games into his starting tenure. I'm fascinated to see how all of the aspects of his game develop over time, not just the accuracy. I think we're talking about the accuracy a lot because it's very easy to point out, right? But there's a lot of things to his game that could and should continue to improve. And that's the exciting part. Man, he's three starts in. Well, four if you count Kansas City, but yeah, exciting times. Al, thanks for Super Chat. Thanks, is Corey going to paint his fence? Uh, well, the Cheesehead TV fence was painted this past weekend. You can check it out at Lombardi Avenue, right across the street from the pro shop. As for Corey's fence, I'm not sure. Dennis, thanks for the super chat, man. Do you think the Packers will try the Philadelphia push? I hope so. I think every team should do it. I mean, some teams have tried it and been stopped, but yeah, I think it's a no-brainer. If you have the ability to do it, you should do it. You got a quarterback, doesn't not afraid of it. Yeah, 100%. Um, I will say it's interesting because Mark Murphy this offseason indicated directly in one of his uh, 
Murph, take five with Mark Murphy or whatever at the Packers.com that he had written to the league, the, to the competition committee about it. He was not in favor of it. He wants to figure out a way to get it banned. So it'd be kind of funny to watch Matt LaFleur turn around and utilize it. But we'll see. Joe, thanks again, man. With Jones back screen passes to slow down the rush? It's a possibility. The problem is, yeah, I mean, you love the idea of that. Invite the rush up. Everyone says that. Invite the rush. Well, now you're inviting it right into the lap of the quarterback, and he's got to get rid of the ball. And the problem with trying it against a team like the Lions is they love to rush four. They don't – they do blitz. Every team uses utilizes pressure some somewhat, right? But they're a predominantly four-man rush team. And in that instance, that means you got a lot of guys in coverage with eyes on the ball and or the ball carrier, right? So the screen game is a great idea. I love even like the traditional screens, let alone all the other you know, whiz-bang versions that LaFleur has put in over the last couple of years. But if you're not sending consistent pressure from the, you know, the defensive side, then it kind of mitig- you know, it kind of lessens the impact of most traditional screens. Now, who knows? Maybe there's a certain down and distance where there's a tendency that says this is when they like to bring pressure and Matt utilizes that against them, right? There's every possibility there, but it's not as simple as just call screens to, you know, slow down the pass rush because, again, if it's just four guys, everybody else is watching and everybody else is flying to the ball. So, yeah, it's about the timing more than anything else. Alex, thanks for the super chat, man. Haven't heard much on Stokes. Is he going to be av- available after week four? Well, you haven't heard much because, you know, you're not really allowed to talk to the guys on PUP and or injured guys. Um, while they're out and so there aren't going to be many quotes they're not going to hear a lot i mean sometimes you'll hear other players mention stokes but that's about it um so yeah you wouldn't have heard anything yet now that said after thursday's game and really after week four quote unquote so after monday night's game we should start to get a better idea uh when they're back on the practice field next wednesday um you know that that will be our first kind of indication of whether they plan um practicing him right uh zane thanks for super chat man join late but i can't believe we get aaron jones and christian watson back that's a perfect place to leave this because dude neither can i i'm really excited about it now like i said matt lafleur talks in about 20 minutes so we'll see how much walking back he does but hopefully he gets up there has a good humor about it and says yeah we're ready to go and kicks some lying butt well he might not add that last part but i certainly will all right everybody i gotta get going uh carry the g club members And Patreon members, don't forget, at 6 Eastern, 5 Central, 5 Lambo time, we got the happy hour this week. We got a lot to talk about. We got a huge comeback victory to discuss. We got a big, you know, humongous matchup with the Lions on Thursday. And then, of course, you know, everything else that you want to talk about on the happy hour because we're chilling. We're not, you know, streaming it. It's a private talk amongst friends. So I hope I see you all, all there. If you're not a Patreon member or a Carry the G Club member, please do me a monster favor. Just hit like on this video, subscribe to the channel, and then tell your friends and tell your family, Cheesehead TV, we are devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great night. Go Pack Go.